on everybody i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report it is june 20th 2023 holy cow i say it almost every day but this year is just freaking flying by so fast i cannot believe we are more than halfway done with the year but here we are uh, as always we are live streaming on rumble locals and youtube subscribe and tap that notification bell if you have not uh, and i want to give a special welcome to all our new uh, uh, subscribers over at Locals. Uh, we did a big push over the last couple of days and got a couple hundred new people. Very excited to have you guys on board. We will not let you down and you can live chat during the show right now at rubenreport.locals.com. And by the way, as of today, we are relaunching the Ruben Report merch store, which is at daverubin.store. You can get the Make America Florida shirt. We have a funny LGBT shirt. It doesn't mean the usual LGBT stuff. Ruben Report things, things involving Clyde and all sorts of other fun things. And uh, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that you can get a picture with me with one of my go-to slogans. You don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat, people. And I have to say the soft and it flows on you nicely. Very exciting. We've got defund the IRS shirts and much more. Uh, speaking of the government, these big institutions doing a whole bunch of crap, there is some breaking news happening right this moment, which sort of sounds good, but I have a feeling it's actually not good. Uh, this is from Greg Price. Uh, breaking Hunter Biden has been charged with two tax misdemeanors and illegal possession of a firearm, pleading guilty to the first two and entering into a pretrial diversion agreement on the latter, which will undoubtedly keep him out of jail. So I just want to address this real quick. I was actually supposed to be on Fox News this morning. I was doing Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer's show. I was supposed to be talking about DeSantis and Newsom, uh, but then the press conference on this thing broke. So they had me comment on it on the fly. And I'll just basically real quick repeat what I said there, which is this sort of on, on its face value sounds good, like they're finally going after Hunter a little bit. Uh, but if you think about it a little bit further, and this is what you have to do with almost everything these days, there's the headline and then there's what, what's right beneath it. Uh, this sort of feels like this is how they're going to get Hunter Biden and thus Joe Biden to run away scot-free, right? So they're not looking into all of the money that he got and the Burisma deal and the $5 million wire and all the stuff that's the real stuff. Uh, they're getting him on some random stuff and he's already cut, cut the plea deal and sounds like we'll automatically stay out of prison. So uh, we shall see. But again, the asymmetry of everything is what is driving people crazy. We have to have one standard of laws for everybody. And you cannot have Democrat privilege. You guys know about Democrat privilege. You're allowed to ruin everything as a, as a public servant and you get, uh, you know, you usually get a better job. Gavin Newsom, right, ruins San Francisco as mayor, becomes governor of California on his way to trying to become president. Or you just skate by the legal system where if you're a Republican, they're gonna look at you uh, very, uh, in a much more focused way. Uh, one other thing, and then I will tell you the theme of today's show. I promise you this is actually very cool and it's directly related uh, to what we talked about yesterday. First, I'll show you a tweet from NBC and then the cool thing, uh, this was NBC News yesterday. YouTube says it has removed a video of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking with podcast host Jordan Peterson for spreading what the company says is vaccine misinformation. Now, first off, that they whittle Jordan down to podcast host is whatever, is what it is. Uh, but on the heels of that, so Jordan interviewed Robert F. Kennedy. I think it was about an hour and a half long interview. I saw a little clip of it. YouTube took it down. I don't know if Jordan's channel got a strike. Uh, we've discussed the strike situation with you. If your channel gets a strike, you can't live stream for a little while. You get two strikes. Then you can't live stream for like a month. You get three strikes and you're gone. So this is a real threat. It's assault absolutely on free speech. And if you think that Jordan Peterson and Robert F. Kennedy is too scary to be on YouTube, we got a real freaking problem. And yes, we do have a real freaking problem, but good things are happening. People look at this from Rumble this morning. I had an inkling this was going to happen yesterday. Breaking Rumble welcomes Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Democrat candidate for president. Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s first live stream will take place at 7 p.m. Eastern time this evening. That's right. So look, the more they attack us, the more the machines come after us and chase us down and all of that stuff, 
We will continue to build new institutions with what we're doing at Rumble, what we're doing at Locals, what Elon's doing at Twitter. There are alternative roads, the parallel economy, the, the free speech internet. It's being built. It does exist. And we're just going to keep fighting it. And I appreciate that you're on the journey with us. Uh, today's show, now we can get to the theme. Uh, today's show is going to be framed around this really, I don't know any other adjective to say other than disastrous interview that President Trump did with Brett Baer on Fox last night. It was really, really bizarre. I don't know how. Again, regardless of what side of the Trump DeSantis thing you're on or anything else, I don't know how Trump's lawyers let him do this. You can see why some of his lawyers are quitting and why he's having trouble surrounding himself with good people because he goes and does these interviews and says crazy things in the midst of legal cases, right? Two indictments and another one coming from Georgia down the way. So we're going to contrast a bit of Trump's interview, a bunch of clips we're going to show you unedited. Uh, and then we're going to contrast that with an interview that Ron DeSantis did a couple days ago. And you can just look at the, at the fundamental difference, I would say, between discipline and vision uh, for this country. And uh, I think it is uh, a fairly obvious. And then, of course, we'll go into a little bit about how the media is treating both of these guys and the absolute apoplectic spasming that the corporate press is doing about Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis right now. It's just so insane. And it's like, man, we've seen this movie before, but a certain amount of people just fall for it over and over again. Before we get to that, let me talk to you guys about Birch Gold Group. Uh, you guys know that Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raise the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, and you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket as BRICS, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying? You got it, gold. Follow their lead. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Birchgold can help protect your savings too. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave. Do it. Take action today. Okay, so former president Donald Trump in the midst of this federal case plus the New York case decided to sit down with Fox News's Brett Baer last night. Now, most people, I think this is fair to say, I welcome your thoughts in the comments. Most people think Brett Baer is a fairly decent journalist, like a fairly decent guy. I'm sure people have their criticisms of him. Okay, people have their criticisms of everybody, but he's a pretty, pretty, pretty middle of the road guy. Doesn't seem like he has a major agenda. He sat down with Trump last night and it, it was wild. It really was wild. I mean, this, this almost feels like it could end Trump altogether. Take a look. Okay, in 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous, look, we had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time, has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milquetoast. And multiple times, you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China loving wife. So why did you hire all of them in the first place? Connor goes to me in the middle of that thing. What do you say about me in Phoenix when we're not around? I mean, look, guys, that is damning. I know there is a certain set of people that no matter what Trump does, no matter what Trump says, et cetera, et cetera, 
they're never going to turn, right? They're never going to see that maybe something's not right here. But he just went through a freaking laundry list of not just random people, not just, you know, the intern and the janitor who don't like him anymore. Like, this is pretty much everybody. And also, the way Trump looked down when he said, what was it? He called uh, Bill Barr a gutless pig or something. And the way he said that to Trump and Trump immediately looked down, like, he knows this stuff isn't true. So you can either believe, I suppose, that Donald Trump is the greatest human being in the history of the world ordained by God and given to us to save all of us. And the rest of these people are all idiots and morons or some of the worst stuff that Trump said, or that maybe something's not quite right here. Uh, that is not to say that we didn't have a great economy before COVID under Trump. We did. That is not to say he didn't make a whole bunch of good things happen in the Middle East and a series of other things that we all know and I talk about all the time. And it's why I supported him for reelection. Uh, but we have to, I think, decide, like, do we want more of this name calling? You know, Trump went on later to talk about how uh, there's so many of his people, his former people still do support him. But where are they? Who are they? I, I know there's Rick Grinnell and I like Rick, Rick and we're friends. Uh, but who else that was working under this guy? You know, after what he said about Kaylee and the rest of them. That does tell you a little something, but, but let's just uh, continue for a moment. I wanna show you, uh, this is video of the person that Trump made his joint chief of staff. This is uh, Mark Milley, take a look. I wanna understand white rage and I'm white and I wanna understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying. Yeah, I mean, he's completely wrong. And in this case, the guy that they showed there, Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, you've seen him on the show, you know him, uh, was completely right calling the military woke. We know that they are pushing all of this gender stuff and they are pushing all of the woke racism stuff. We know it's going through the military. So he gets up there and he does what the lefties do, right? I'm outraged that you would even ask me this, right? Like that you could even bring this up. How could you do that? I want to understand white rage. Ridiculous. But that's okay. So we've got Brett Baer just laying out all the people who are now against him. These people were all the best of the best, right? When he hired them, these are the best of the best. I only work with the best of the best. Now they all turn out to be pigs and morons and idiots and everything else. This is the guy, Millie, is the guy that he hired to be his joint chief of staff who's interested in white rage and is upset that anyone would even bring up that the military might've gone woke. Uh, here's another doozy from last night. Bear asked, and this was like a softball, man. This is a freaking softball. Don, uh, pitch yourself to, uh, to women and independents. Why should they vote for you? And so to the female independent voter in the suburbs who struggled with family mm -hmm. financing because of inflation, she's now against Biden, disapproves of Biden, but wasn't with you in 2020 and so far is a hard no for you in 2024. But what do you say to that? At the right polls, what, what do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot. Okay. You Let's get that, that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all, the Hunter Biden. Well, no, but all that's cheating on the election. But that, that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020. Okay, so you gotta understand, he's throwing him a softball here. Like, why should these women who traditionally, women and independents, uh, suburban women, why, who have not traditionally voted Republican and certainly did not vote for you, we know that, uh, why should they come around to you this time? There's a lot of things that Trump could say. Trump could say, hey, you know, uh, DeSantis has gone further right than me on abortion, right? He wants 
Six weeks is now what they have in Florida. That seems extreme to me. I know that most women, suburban women, especially middle-class suburban women, don't feel it. Like that would have been an honest answer. Like, so I'm, he could say, I'm a little more moderate on that. Instead, he gave three, well, he really gave two issues. He said the election was stolen. Okay, so I don't know what that has to do with female and independent voters. Just going back to your election was stolen, election was stolen, election was stolen. Okay, the base of the base loves that but not the people that you need to bring over the new people. And also, again, if you believe the election was stolen, and I think there's all sorts of reasons, certainly that we should have always been allowed to talk about it, and there's all sorts of questions that we should have about it and everything else. The real issue is Donald Trump, what have you done to make sure they will not do it again? And you've done absolutely nothing. That is just the truth. So his answer to what will you do to get middle-class suburban women to vote for you, right? The group that you need more than anything else. His answer was the election was stolen and look at FBI and Twitter. These things have nothing to do with nothing. The rest of the interview was a lot of that. Like it, it was just bad. Trust me, I watched it and I was really trying to find the moments where he was laying out a vision. This is why you should vote for me. This is why I'll do better than DeSantis, on top of the fact that he probably created a whole bunch of legal complications for himself regarding uh, these indictments and everything else. I, I cannot imagine, if you're in the midst of these indictments, again, even if they're a sham, even if there's an asymmetry, all of that stuff, it's like, what do you think his lawyers are saying to him this morning? It's very likely that one of his lawyers will quit even today. Because what do you think, the lawyers are trying to put something together that makes sense here. They got into the classified document stuff. He started talking about how he, was, he had mixed his own personal things with the classified documents. Like, what does that mean? Again, I'm not, Biden did horrible things with the classified documents and we need to look at that. Again, I don't know how many times I can say that sort of thing. But like, did Trump have his baseball glove in with the classified documents in the same box? Just crazy. But I wanted, what I wanna do now is I just wanna compare that interview which happened this week with an interview a few days ago that Ron DeSantis did uh, with CBN, that's Christian Broadcast uh, Network. Uh, and one of the questions came up, if Trump gets indicted, what would you do as president? What about, there's been talk about if for some reason he was convicted, uh, a potential pardon, would a President DeSantis potentially- So I said when I, before that even happened that we have an uneven justice system. Yeah. We've seen it weaponized. I'm gonna end the weaponization. And part of ending the weaponization is yes, we're gonna clean house at FBI justice, we're gonna do a lot. But part of it is using your Article II powers to redress wrongs, including uh, potentially pardons. And so we, we said this is even before this happened with Trump, you know, we'll have people who've been wronged before we come into office, apply, we're gonna look. If there was a different standard, we're gonna be very inclined uh, to grant clemency in those situations. I have to say, guys, you know I love the word juxtaposition, but the juxtaposition of those two guys, body language, clarity, competency, there's a real irony also with Trump right now, which is that DeSantis is probably your best chance, possibly your best chance, uh, to not end up in jail. He's telling you, he's telling you, you'll get the pardon if he's president, right? If Biden's president, you ain't getting the pardon. And and the chances that you become president, man, I, I think they are just sinking and sinking. I, the, the polls, something is not bearing out properly in the polls. And remember guys, national polls mean nothing, right? You have to go state by state and win these primaries. Uh, but again, I don't wanna get lost in, in the, okay, this is what's happening on the ground here and there. I wanna really focus on like, what are they really talking about right now? So Trump is still talking about election interference. Trump is talking about, or he's talking about a stolen election beyond election interference. He's talking about how all the people who used to work for him, who were the best of the best, are now pigs and morons. Uh, here is uh, DeSantis when he was asked uh, about some of Trump's behaviors and, and why that kind of doesn't work anymore. I appreciate what the former president has done in a variety of realms. He opposes that bill. He said it was, quote, harsh to protect an unborn child when there's a detectable heartbeat. I think that's humane to do. I think pro-lifers have been wanting to see, you know, good pro-life protections, whether it's Florida or Iowa under Kim Reynolds. Very important that you're able to get this stuff done. And of course, we have universal school choice in Florida. We got that done. Parents have a right to direct the education and upbringing of their kid, particularly for parents who want a religious education, they now have the ability, if they can't afford it, they have a scholarship. And yes, we have Christian schools, but we have Jewish day schools. We have things for all parents. 
that's made our state a lot stronger. So I don't think there's been anyone that's really been delivering on these key issues uh, more consistently than me. So a lot of times what Republicans and even conservatives will do, they'll say, okay, let's just slow the left down a little bit. So it's kind of like managed decline. No, 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 I've reversed the decline mm -hmm. in Florida. We're on offense in Florida. And you know what? People are responding positively. I think the country is more prepped right now than ever the majority to say, you know what, you know, we need to get behind somebody that's going to fight back against all this nonsense, but it's going to do it smartly, it's going to be disciplined, going to be focused, and is going to actually bring all this stuff in for a landing. And if we can do half of what we did in Florida, up in Washington, we are going to be in really good shape as a country. Art, disciplined, focused, right? Like, is anything that he said right there. Did, did he say anything right there that was not true? It was all true. It's not just that, just that we're slowing it down in Florida. We are actively reversing it by getting wokeness out of schools, by getting ESG out of our government institutions and our banks and things of that nature. Like we're actually pushing it aside. The managed decline point is interesting. Uh, my friend, Michael Malice, who's been on the show many times, he always says that conservatism is just liberalism at the speed limit. DeSantis is proving that that doesn't have to be the way that you can actually go on offense and start reversing what the system is doing to everybody. Uh, but it went on a little bit further. I really thought this might've been the best portion of that interview. Um, he was asked, DeSantis was asked why evangelicals should support him in the race. And you have to remember, uh, Christian evangelicals have supported Trump at record high numbers, right? It was something, I think it was like over 90%. Uh, obviously, Mike Pence wants to get a little bit of that constituency. I, I just don't think that one's gonna happen. Uh, but here's DeSantis uh, making his case for why they should vote for him. Iowa, South Carolina, two key important states. There's so many important states, but evangelicals play obviously an outsized role in those states specifically. What's your message to them? And I know it's really to all voters. I get that. But, but to evangelicals, I mean, they're looking at a country that's gone to hell in a handbasket. Many others have as well. What is your message to them? Because let's be honest, in 2016, they liked Donald Trump a lot. 2020, they did too. Maybe not as much, but they still did. Why they might still want to go with Trump, but so why you rather than a Donald Trump who you know was very uh, successful with evangelicals? Well, one, I mean, I think in Florida, you know, we've taken a purple state, turned it into a red state through bold leadership. Mm -hmm. We need to do the same thing nationally. We've got to beat Biden. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I don't think there's any elected official in the country who's not only stood up for the values that we all share, but has actually beat the left back on these things. We're winning in Florida against gender ideology. It is not in our schools. I just signed legislation saying teachers are not allowed to demand pronouns from, from, the, from the kids. I had Walt Disney World come down on me and fight me on that. All these other Republicans are actually taking the side of Disney. They're criticizing me for standing up to Disney because they're a big powerful company and all this other stuff. We stood our ground on that. Uh, and we beat Disney and signed that into law and we ended Disney's self-governing status. And I think, you know, there've been a lot of Republicans through the years, you know, who've said they would do things, but when it really gets tough, you know, are you able to stand your ground and do it? Again, I want to ask you, if you're watching this right now, and let's say you're, you're a huge Trump supporter still, did Ron DeSantis say anything that was untrue there? And the answer is no, he did not. He's laying out what he has done. And now I just want to show you one more. Uh, I said the last one was probably the best one. Th this is really probably the best one because what I think we need right now is we need a renewal of everything, right? We, ne we need a renewal of our relationship to government. I think we need sort of a spiritual renewal. I think we need a renewal when it comes to just our, uh, how we deal with the media, how we deal with each other, like the whole freaking thing. And I think Ron DeSantis understands that and he understands what the founders understood and he understands American philosophy and the theology that underpinned it and much more. Take a look. How do you see the, the country from a Judeo-Christian standpoint? Uh, a lot of people call us a Christian nation. They don't mean it from a standpoint of everybody has to be believers of Christ. Obviously, that's not what they're talking about, but that this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. How do you see that in terms of infusing that into public policy? Of, co of course it was. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, th this society, uh, the United States of America, you know, was built on the foundation 
you know, of what happened thousands of years ago um, in the Holy Land. And I think the Judeo-Christian values undergird everything that the Founding Fathers did. Some of it, you know, was just so embedded, they didn't even need to think about it. Of course, you know, those are the values uh, that you had. So we need more God in society today. No, absolutely. I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, there's certain problems, economic problems, there's, there's problems at the border, there's all very important, uh, but you know, why are we here? Why are we free people? We're free because God has endowed us with inalienable rights. That's why America was founded. Our constitution was created not to give us rights, but to protect the rights that God has already bestowed upon us. Look, you guys know, I like the guy, I'm supporting the guy, so I'm not, I'm not hiding anything here, but that at the end where he can explain like, could Donald Trump actually explain that? Why the Constitution protects our rights and doesn't give us rights, right? That's the point. We have inalienable human rights given to us by God. And even if you're, even if you're completely secular, the point is that the government did not make you free. But what the government can do is protect your freedom. Freedom is the, is the birthright of being a human being. And the fact that he can calmly and coolly explain that, I think is just in stark contrast with what I would say is sort of like the, the, the sort of descending kind of craziness around Donald Trump. And that, and that is just a shame. He is laying out what his role would be as the chief executive of the United States of America. And uh, guess what, guys? You're not going to believe it. Now we'll get into some more fun stuff. The mainstream media is not having it. Uh, here's a headline from the Washington Post. As Ron DeSantis pursues the presidency, his wife's role is limitless. Casey, 42, isn't a typical political spouse. Why does she inspire so much fear? Her rise in TV and insular marriage tell the story. Uh, I have to say, Carol Markowitz, who uh, you guys know Carol, she's been on our panel shows many times, writer for New York Post and uh, a bunch of other publications. She, I tweeted that article out and she wrote back, I'm going to put insular marriage in my Twitter bio. Insular marriage, yes. So she's married to one man and she's one chick and they're married to each other. Marriage is pretty good. Uh, but if you're afraid, if you're afraid of Casey DeSantis, do we have, uh, do we have the image of Casey? What are we, where are we going here? Oh, we're going with the Kaylee thing first. Oh, okay, so first, if you're afraid of Casey DeSantis, well here, this is this past weekend. Yeah, that's me and Casey hanging out, big smiles, that's Steve Cortez right there. That's us having lunch, I'm sitting next to the governor and Casey was just great, you know, the kids were there and they're getting face paint and they were eating ice cream. She was asking about our kids, I showed her a bunch of pictures, all smiles, like I know this is just anecdotal but these are just like decent human beings. It's so profoundly ridiculous. Like is there someone walking around go, Casey DeSantis, I'm, whoa, ah. Like, come on, come on, but they cannot stop themselves. Anyway, that Washington Post piece that we just showed you the tweet about, uh, it was a 5,000 word diatribe. It was completely and utterly ridiculous. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, you know Kaylee, used to work for Donald Trump, now Donald Trump hates her. Uh, she read the entire piece and she uh, summed it up quite eloquently here on Fox. It's disgusting what they are doing to the First Lady of Florida. It is. Uh, she's unstoppable. She's smart. She's strong. She's accomplished. And she's conservative. So she will be attacked. I read every word of this hit piece last night. It was in the Washington Post. It was north of 5,000 words. And the animating themes were this. Okay, they love being around each other, Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis. They're private. And when he was in Congress, he would leave at, if the vote was at noon, he'd be on his way to the airport at 12.06 because he wanted to see his family. Sounds like a great marriage to me. <laughs> and then the other complaint about Ron DeSantis was this. There were three things he liked to talk about with his staff. The Constitution, baseball, and golf. <laughs> I mean, okay, why is this bad? So my takeaway from this is this is the most flattering hit piece I have ever read. And is it, this is the worst thing they have on the DeSantis's? Wow, what a great family, uh, a role model family. Trump is going to be doubly unhappy with her today. Uh, but look, we've seen this thing, right? This is rinse and repeat. This is them lying about Trump all the time. And now they're just moving over to the guy that they know is the real threat. Uh, again, Casey DeSantis is a seriously like lovely, decent person. I saw them like playing with the kids and making sure that her son had the chicken fingers and then they got ice cream and, and Ron went out of the, the governor went out of his way to give some food off his plate to the kid. Like it's just, it's just so profoundly ridiculous. But the, the corporate press, the mainstream media, they cannot 
stop. Another person from Washington Post, she's a columnist at the Washington Post. She's also an MSNBC contributor. She pretends to be a conservative, but she's obvious, you know, what do I always say? It's a pet conservative. They give them a cookie and then they go home is Jennifer Rubin. Now, I want to say clearly, once again, I am in no way related to this woman. I have gone through the records. Ancestry.com. There is no connection between Dave Rubin and Jennifer Rubin. I know the internet loves to say that there is, but there isn't. Anyway, here she is on Ron DeSantis. Just ridiculous. Do those resources matter, Jennifer, in this environment if Ron DeSantis has not figured out fundamentally how to distinguish himself from Donald Trump? Well, you need a candidate, first of all. Um, it's always good to have um, troops. And when you train them to do door knocking, of course, they can door knock for anybody after they've learned how to do it. Um, but the problem with Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis. Um, he's a thoroughly unlikable, boring, thuggish um, bully. And uh, voters could figure that out very quickly. They have figured it out. So I think the challenge for the other uh, candidates who might actually have a much better shot against Trump, they should try to push DeSantis out of the race. Why don't they try attacking him? They can pick up his votes. They can pick up more of the Trump vote, uh, not Trump vote, rather. Um, and then someone, one of them can mount an effective uh, opposition. Right now, none of them want to attack Trump. I think that's cowardice. I think that's silly. But if they don't want to do that, at least go after DeSantis. God, she is a vile, disgusting woman, and she is not my relative. You see when they do that thing, when they accidentally say the quiet part out loud, she knows DeSantis is the threat. So she doesn't want any Republican to win. But what she's saying is, could some of those other people that we know can't win, could they do some stuff that we'd like them to do? Because the guy that actually is going to be the winner here is the one that we're threatened most by because we don't want Republicans to win. It's just so obvious. And this thing that he's thuggish and boorish. Here's a little B-roll of just when I saw him at the event the other day. Like, he's just a good dude. We actually did talk about baseball for a minute. We did, like, he's just nice. He's enjoying himself. I told him, I think I said right there, you already have my vote. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get out of here. You can talk to the other people. Um, and then it was just, again, like, we had lunch. There's Casey. There's the event. He brings the kids up. Like, there were thousands of people there. The line was like a mile long. It was just a great day. He loves being out there with the people. It's just so, it's really weird, man. I got to tell you, I don't, I'm having like a visceral reaction to this because I see how the sausage is made, right? Like I see it online. I'm at these events. I see reality. And then I see the way these, these liars, these propagandists, that, that's what they are. All of these people in corporate press, they lie about absolutely everything. And they take the few good people who are willing to put their skin in the game, the few good people who will say, I will do the thing that nobody wants to do because it's a real pain in the ass and they will come for you and your family and they will say horrible things about your wife and your kids and about you and everything else. It's just vile. Speaking of vile, there's another set of politicians out there who want to chop children's genitals off and talk to young children about sex and gender. Those are known as the Democrats. Here is Democrat governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. He's very upset that in Florida and other places, we're not letting kids uh, chop their genitals off and learn about how to have anal sex. Weird. Why do you think this has become a passion project of some conservatives? I continue hearing people making the argument that we're doing it because we want to prevent our students from having discomfort or guilt because we don't want our students to be able to really wrestle with these really difficult things in times when they're maturing as individuals and difficult historical points. But the thing I realized and, and I wanted to speak out about it is that's actually not true. It's, it's, it's a guise. It's not about making kids uncomfortable. It's not saying. about making kids feel uncomfortable. It's about telling other kids that they shouldn't understand their own power. It's castrating them. What? You are the one who wants to castrate children, number one. Number two, you freaks, you weirdos. It has nothing to do with making kids uncomfortable and guilty. It has everything to do with what is the role of the state in a child's life. And the role of the state in a child's life in a sane society, a society that we had for roughly 250 years, had nothing to do with a third grade teacher talking to a child privately about their genitals for months, calling them uh, the opposite sex name, using pronouns and hiding it from the parents. You people are weirdos. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Really?
So then what happens is in Florida, a place like Florida, and now what's happening, it's happening all over the country now. That blueprint is expanding. It's happening in Iowa. You know that. It's happening in Tennessee. It's happening in Montana. It's happening in Texas. Uh, we are reversing all of this stuff, right? Not it's exactly what DeSantis said. We're not just managing the decline, meaning, okay, you can kind of do it, but don't talk about it so much. We are actually putting laws in place to get rid of this nonsense. That's what they're freaking out about because they want this. They want a whole generation of people to be brainwashed because that is the only way that at the end you would vote for a Democrat. But get this, this is really wild. So this is Space Force Lieutenant General. Her name is Deanna Burt. She admits here, this is absolutely wild. She is admitting that the United States military now discriminates against Floridians who want to get into the military and be involved in Space Force and other uh, disciplines because of DeSantis's policies on trans kids. I mean, this is so bananas wild that I just have to play it and bash my head against the table while it's being played. Since January of this year, more than 400 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances, and their family is also an important factor. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location, or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state. I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. Those barriers are a threat to our readiness. And they have a direct correlation to the resiliency and well-being of our most important operational advantage, our people. Is that unfreaking believable? By the way, Trump put that woman in. But what she just said there is, we will put less qualified people in positions of power rather than putting somebody from the state of Florida because the state of Florida is fighting having children's genitals chopped off. That is literally what she said. And we allow this sort of thing to happen. But they make up everything, right? They make up everything. In some ways, you can't blame these people because they, they're under the influence of the Sith. It's something like that. Nobody knows what's going on anymore because they've been so bamboozled for so long. One of the chief bamboozlers is cringe Jean-Pierre. Here she is talking about how the LGBTQI plus LMNOP community is under attack. They're attacking them. Put up the force field. If by literally, lady, you mean that the trans community is attacking the lesbians because they're trying to turn them into men and they're attacking the bisexuals because they're trying to turn them whichever way the bi's are going that day or they're trying to turn the young gay boys into women, then yes, I would say that the gays and the L's and the B's are under attack. Uh, if you mean anything else beyond that, which is obviously what you actually meant, then you are just a liar and a fraud and a buffoon. Nobody's coming for the lesbians. Have any, could you Google this real quick, have any lesbian rugby leagues, and there's tons of them out there, have they been closed down anywhere? Are they coming after the lesbian rugby leagues? Are they coming after the, the gay uh, what do gay guys do in their privacy, you know, at, at, with other gay guys, I don't know, like uh, juggling. Are, have they come after the gay jugglers or any of, it's just absolutely insane. Or line dance, no, line dancing, do gays line dance? That's more of a cowboy thing. I don't know. Anyway, there's a lot of gay cowboys too, by the way. It's just insane. But now if you want to see something completely insane, so Corinne Jean-Pierre, this woman is just incredible. Like she makes me think Saki was a decent person. You couldn't have made that up. But here she is. Uh, listen to what she says about herself. This is, this is wild. Go. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I, that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure and I certainly walk in history every day, but this is also a historic making administration because of this president. 
She is a historic figure who walks in history. Who would say that about themselves? You're historically dishonest. You are literally awful at your job. You're a historic figure who walks in history. It's just nonsense. Oh, one more with her. Why not? Can you respond to Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa today who said Florida is where woke goes to die? So here's what I have to say. When Republicans, extreme Republicans, these MAGA Republicans, uh, don't agree um, with an issue or with policy, they don't bring forth something that's going to either have a, a good faith conversation, they go to this conversation of woke. But that is not actually policy. That what, they, what that turns into is hate. What it turns into is despicable policy. Um, and it's just not the way we're gonna move forward. This is not protecting freedoms. This is not having a good faith conversation on how we can move the country forward. This is about attacking, we're talking about attacking young kids and their parents because of how they view themselves, because of how they see themselves, because of how they want to live. Kids and their parents, what does that have to do with anything about being woke? That is just hate and it is, it is shameful. It is shameful and we're gonna call it out. And like I said, the president is gonna continue to say we have the back of, the, of that community or any vulnerable. What, what an embarrassingly pathetic diversity hire she is. People really, I've said it before, but people should study her years from now in terms of what hiring somebody purely based on their sexuality and skin color uh, really results in, right? They'll study also doctors who aren't qualified and pilots who aren't qualified and everything else. Everything she said there was a lie and it's all she can do. All she can do is lie. First off, she, she compares DeSantis to an extreme MAGA Republican. Uh, I'm fairly certain that the MAGA Republicans are not thrilled with Ron DeSantis right now, right? MAGA and DeSantis are fighting each other right now. That's number one. Again, this idea that everyone who disagrees with you is, is coming from a place of hate. If you think about, remember that video last week we showed you the parents in Glendale, California, the largely Armenian community there who were protesting because they wanted this gender nonsense out of their schools. They didn't want their elementary school age kids to be taught all about this racial nonsense and the gender stuff and everything else. And then the mainstream media, so they start protesting, right? They weren't protesting five years ago. It wasn't, you know, they didn't know it was happening in the schools or maybe it wasn't even happening yet and they were doing just fine. Then they push all this stuff on kids and then parents actually stand up and fight back. And then how does the mainstream media cover it? Anti-LGBTQ protesters versus pro-LGBTQ protesters. And that framing, that dishonest framing is what keeps us in this bipolar state that we're constantly in. These are not anti-LGBT protesters. These are called parents. These are parents who just want their children to be taught math and history and not be taught about the genitals of their teacher. Is that so much to ask? Apparently it is. But now what's interesting here also is that she says that, you know, oh, they label everything woke. They, everything's woke to them. Well, uh, there's another guy who's been doing this again because DeSantis by fighting wokeness and I can lay it out for you real quick how he's fought it, right? We fought Disney and won. We got the gender stuff out of the schools here in Florida. That ridiculous one AP um, African-American studies course that was being taught that was also teaching gender queer theory. We got that out. We're pushing ESG out, which is a, a wokeness into all of our institutions, meaning that the corporations have to start hiring on diversity and everything else. We fought all of that here effectively. Now we've got cringe Jean-Pierre saying, oh, those, well, you know, when you fight woke, you're scary. And also here, this is from last week, Donald Trump uh, doesn't like the term woke. It's gone sick. And I don't like the term woke because I hear woke, woke, woke. You know, it's like just a term that use half the people can't even define it. They don't know what it is. What he means right there is he knows Ron DeSantis is hitting it home, right? It's really, a, it's really making sense with people. It's reverberating with people when you fight the woke. This idea that people can't uh, define woke uh, is completely ridiculous. Woke, very simply, equity over equality. Equality is the promise of America. You got a chance, go get it. Equity, the rejiggering of everything, uh, especially when you throw in race and sexuality and gender, that is woke. And then it takes over all of our institutions. Did I do that well enough for you? I know you get it. You're a Rubenport viewer, you're wise. 
but again, what it all always comes down to is maybe a certain set of people don't vote on policy, a certain set of people don't pay attention to things, a certain set of people just have their own problems and they're not really that political or anything else. And that, by the way, that's what a healthy, in a healthy society, you wouldn't have to be that political because the things would, the government would be nice and kind of small and chugging along and it couldn't screw up too many things and maybe it couldn't do that do too much, but that's the trade-off, right? That way it can't also arrest you and you know keep you in solitary confinement for the rest of your life. But for all the set of people that don't pay attention to policies, what I would drive home relentlessly, and I hope that you will drive it home relentlessly too, is when your, your friend who's the lefty or your cousin who's the Democrat or whatever, and they're screaming about how evil Florida is and Ron DeSantis is mean and he's a bully. and Just say to them, hey, cuz, where are people moving to where are people moving from? And let's look from N-Wokeness, the 2022 migration map. California has lost 343,000 people. 2022 this is, okay? Only 2022. We know it's over a million for Cali, probably a million and a half for Cali since COVID. New York, 2022, 300,000 down. Illinois, 142,000 down. Pennsylvania, 40,000 down. Now, where are people going? 2022 alone. Florida, 319,000 in. Texas, 231,000 in. North Carolina, 100. Uh, thousand in South Carolina, 84,000 in Tennessee, 82,000 in Georgia, 81,000 in Arizona, uh, 71,000 in Arizona is an interesting one because Arizona has a Democrat governor. It's Arizona is very, very confused for, for a lot of reasons. But the point guys is that people don't like woke. Wokeness is the thing. We all know it. And you can, if you want to we can whittle around how exactly do you define it, but the thing that we're all always talking about, this endless sexualization, this endless hyper-racialization of everything, that's what we must destroy. One party has wholly embraced it. One party is pretty half-assed with it, but then you've got one guy who's really fighting it, and that's why everybody's going after him. Uh, you might remember this, I was in the room on that night in November of 2022 when we were supposed to get a red wave and we did not, uh, but we did get one freaking landslide victory, record-breaking victory here in the state of Florida from that mean bully who fights against the woke. We have embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers and we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Yes, yes it is. I live in Florida. Where do you live? Would you like to join us here? Please do, we're happy to have you if you're a sane, functional human being and you'd like to uh, not only survive, but dare I quote my last book, thrive, right? You can do it if you move to a place that allows for that. So you can see it, guys. Why is MSNBC, why is cringe Jean-Pierre, why is Jen Psaki, Jennifer Rubin, and the rest of those clowns, Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and Joy Reid and all those clowns, why are they on the same side as Donald Trump right now? And even if you put all of that aside, just what we started the show with, if you just look at those two interviews from the last couple days, Donald Trump name calling everybody and everyone he's ever worked with is a moron and everything else. I didn't hear anything else about policy. You know, he did get into a little bit of the stuff he would do. Unfortunately, he didn't do any of it the first time around. This is what we all have to decide. This is what we all have to decide. I know we got a year and a half to it. I'm not gonna beat everybody over the head endlessly with the, with the Trump DeSantis thing. I'm gonna try not to, but every now and again, I'm gonna have to check in like we did today. Today was a check-in show. And, and you have to decide, like, which one of these things makes more sense to you? Which one of these things actually solves the problems? It does not have to be like this. It has been like this for too long. And it doesn't have to be like this. And I think there's one guy who can get us out of this thing. And there's one guy who's going to keep us in this thing. That's my opinion. What's yours? Let us know in the postgame show coming up in about 30 seconds at rubinreport.locals.com. We leave you with a cold close. Remember the last couple of days we've been discussing this crazy Rogan RFK, Peter Hotez fight. I saw this, we're, this is just a portion, right? We're just gonna show a portion of it. Uh, this is just a portion of this video that I thought was really hilarious that I saw online. Maybe we'll show you the other half tomorrow. So cold close with that. See everybody on the other side. Adios. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique 
potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep, that's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You gotta call now. If you wait, uh, it's gonna be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. This is a three-dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh, God, not this again. A fourth immunization oh just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization. Fourth. A fourth immunization. Get that second boost. A second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization. But I'm still not done. One semester later. Unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up. And so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster. Uh, Willie and Lise were saying they got their booster, and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they, they're they talking about the third shot. And is that the bivalent, or is it the fourth booster, or does it matter? Like, Don't worry so much about the number of... There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster... You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is, is doing a much better job. You, you have, have to get, get a booster. booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. That bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. Yes. And by the way, if you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters and more than four, two, or th- two to four months out, you're going to need a third booster as well, a fifth immunization. Five! I don't think we're going to need an annual booster like flu. Eventually. Dr. Hotez supports yearly boosters just like flu. But I'm still not done! It looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like. Um, and 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 I think our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every, you know, few months we may need another booster. Uh, uh, uh. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.